The Yo Soy Belinda, The Belinda the Housekeeper Story audio podcast is written, produced, and voiced by Lisa Timmons in the voice of Gwyneth Palcho, a completely fictional character who in no way resembles a certain Hollywood actress with a similar sounding name. Oh, Belinda, where are you? From the Goop headquarters located in one of my walk-in closets at an undisclosed location within the greater Los Angeles area, I'm Gwyneth Palcho, coming at you with a brand spanking new true crime audio podcast entitled Yo Soy Belinda, the Belinda the Housekeeper story. Join me as I solve the mystery of what happened to my housekeeper, Belinda, who mysteriously disappeared just as my latest beauty product rolled out called Belinda in a Bottle leading to completely unfounded speculation that I was using her body to make beauty products for the rich and celebrity-obsessed. Previously on Yo Soy Belinda, the Belinda the Housekeeper audio podcast. Are you there, Gwyneth? It's me, Gwyneth, from earlier today when I recorded this. What you're hearing is your own beautiful voice because... I'm making this message in order to hypnotize you so that you can access those pesky memories of what happened to Belinda the last time you saw her. So Gwyneth, tell me what you remember about the last time you saw Belinda. Well, I remember it was a rainy day and we were both alone in the bathroom. It was early in the evening nearing the end of a long, stressful day, and all I wanted to do was take a hot bath in my subterranean bathroom chambers. Sounds rough. Wanna talk about it? The difficult day that you'd had, leading up to this final moment in which you remember seeing Belinda for the last time. Oh my goodness, thank you. How thoughtful of pre-recorded me. Yes, please, nobody ever asks me about my day. Well, nobody except my husband, Brad Falchuk, my assistants, the Goop staff, Siri, Alexa, and all of my personal home care managers, as well as a tiny elf who is magically and legally obligated to do my bidding after I successfully sued a genie in a lamp for breach of contract. Anyways, I woke up that morning in the most positive mood. The sun was actually shining at the time. It really did seem like I was going to have one of my trademark perfect days. My alarm sounded, which is an audio clip of Jack Nicholson announcing Gwyneth Paltrow for Shakespeare in Love, bleeding into stunned, thunderous applause from the televised recording of my favorite day of all time. I blinked my eyes open sleepily to see my beloved husband, Brad, in his cryogenic sleep tube, also awake. We have matching his and hers cryogenic sleep tubes, available wherever Goop products are sold. I think you can still get free shipping if you use the coupon code Happy Marriage, so check it out. Nodding to one another with deep affection, we stepped out of our marital tubes, bowed respectfully, and then gave one another a firm, confident, good morning handshake, wishing the other good luck with their day. I'm not really sure what Brad does since he's not a movie star. I think it's something to do with television, music, and words. In any case, he has such a great name. It's very easy for me to remember. Time for breakfast. 
I mindfully walked through my impeccably decorated home, which you may recognize from when I was recently featured by Architectural Digest. While I do love my primary abode, domicile, residence, or gatha, as they say in España, we made a decision during construction that I almost immediately regretted, the tunnels. One of my longtime idols, Disney CEO Bob Iger, recently joined me on my Goop podcast, cutting through the poop and getting the scoop with Goop. During that interview with Bob, he advised me, the best way to get respect from people is through honesty and authenticity. I think about that sentence every single day since he spoke it to me. People will respect you if they believe that you are being honest and authentic. But the other piece of advice got away from me, let's just say. When we stopped recording, I admitted to Bob that it was getting increasingly more difficult for me to maintain this image of honesty and authenticity, what with social media becoming more pervasive and people's ability to research and Google facts about someone's life ever expanding. That's when Bob laughed. Why are you laughing? I asked him. And he said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of you. I was just thinking how I keep having this conversation with rich, high-profile friends, and lately I've been making the joke that they should just do what Disney does to maintain appearances at our parks. Underground tunnels. A light bulb went off in my head at that moment. An aha moment for me, as my polite acquaintance Oprah Winfrey would say. We're not friends, but we are friendly. From that point on, I began a massive renovation on my home to build a series of complicated underground tubes that would also allow my staff to pass unnoticed through the walls of my manse. Of course, not ever having to see my staff unless absolutely necessary really cleared my mind of their distracting thoughts, as I am intensely empathetic. And I could always perceive when they were fretting over things like rent and bills, and it overwhelmed my delicate sensibilities which had become a problem as of late because I was experiencing what is commonly known in the wellness industry as product invention block. It's similar to writer's block, but when you've literally just run out of new ideas for products to sell to people. Usually because, well, let's face it, nobody really needs any of this stuff, so you have to get really creative when inventing a need that people hadn't yet thought of themselves. And for that very reason, I had a whole morning to stimulate my brain and psyche because I was feeling anything but creative these days. However, while the tunnels were convenient for keeping those less fortunate than me out of my eyesight and therefore out of my mind, they did massively encroach upon my living space. It made my previously roomy mansion seem like a slightly less roomy mansion than before, and it really bummed me out. But I was stoically learning how to make do with what space had been left over after the tunnel installation. I even tried to imagine that I was a perfectly content lady residing in the middle class. Yes, those must be the people who live in these sorts of tiny homes. I glided effortlessly into the kitchen to see Belinda. The first thing I thought to myself was, goodness, she has the most beautiful skin. She was always so effortlessly radiant, with the perfect amount of melanin it would appear. I didn't know from whence it originated. I truly never thought or cared to ask. It was one of the handful of superior physical attributes she possessed, I have to admit. 
Also, she smiled as if she weren't concerned about wrinkles. And it would be disingenuous of me to say that I wasn't the tiniest bit envious. Good morning, Miss Gwyneth, she said cheerfully. There seemed to be an extra spring in her step as she stepped forward to hand me my coffee. I was a little suspicious, but I decided not to indicate so with my facial expression, for several reasons, not the least of which was active wrinkle prevention. Mr. Brad is upstairs on the roof deck, waiting for you, she told me. Oh, lovely, I said. I'll go upstairs to join him for breakfast. Are a fresh pair of solar pants up there waiting for me, I asked. Yes, they're on your outdoor fainting couch on the deck. And Miss Gwyneth? Do you think you would have time today for me to talk with you about something? It seemed my suspicions were confirmed. Belinda had something to tell me that had something to do with the aforementioned spring in her step. This meant some good news for her, but not necessarily good news for me. I held back a frown and instead just sipped my coffee placidly. Of course, I told her cheerfully. Let's chat before dinner. Belinda nodded and bounded off into the tunnels to go do some housework, I assume. I'm not really sure where she goes or what she does either. Something to do with laundry, mopping, and putting away the good china after an intermittent fasting dinner party. Again, I'm never 100% sure what life is like for anyone who isn't a movie star turned self-proclaimed wellness guru. I have a book club that consists exclusively of my friends who have starred in Marvel movies, and we like to get together and read fan fiction about our characters while eating Fabergé egg white omelets for brunch. I imagine it's pretty standard stuff for your average human being living on planet Earth. I walked to the kitchen elevator and stepped inside as I cradled my cup of coffee with my delicate wrists whilst dressed in the most gorgeous, cream-colored, chunky, cable-knit sweater from G-Label, available where all G-Label is sold, including the G-Label warehouse from whence I shoplifted it to see if I could still feel something, anything, really. The elevator doors opened upstairs to reveal the crown jewel of my estate, my rooftop deck. If you own property, please consider converting your roof into a rooftop deck. It's just such a necessary aspect of home ownership. Middle-class people especially listen up. Trust me, you will thank me for this advice later. Poor people, just keep tugging on those bootstraps. Available everywhere Goop products are sold. I spotted my husband, Brad, already lying face down on his outdoor solar fainting couch, his adorably exposed pink starfish peeking out between his cheeks whilst perfectly encircled by the rear side of his white linen, UV protective, G-label Palazzo solar pants. I took off my underwear and put on my solar pants, taking a sip of coffee before laying face down for exactly one and a half minutes on my matching marital solar fainting couch, available for purchase where all Goop products are sold. We lie there in contemplative, mutually appreciative silence before I ended this morning ritual by noiselessly, admiringly bowing at him before walking away to continue preparing for my morning. Farewell, dear husband, I respectfully thought to myself as I walked away. By the time I arrived in my bedroom, I had already visualized the outfit I would wear to this morning's all-hands staff meeting at Goop. I chose my power color of heather gray for my monochromatic outfit, which would be a full-length, giant, chunky, cable-knit sweater ball gown. 
I needed to project an air of confidence to distract from the fact that I had nothing new to report. I wasn't panicking. Yet. At Goop headquarters, I strode through the halls with my posture erect and my head held high, lest anyone suspect the truth, which was that I had absolutely no idea what new product I wanted to push on my unwitting fans and followers. Part of the reason I was struggling to come up with something was also the fact that while increasingly more people on the planet barely had enough to get by, I was plagued with the unfortunate circumstance of having every single need met no matter how massive or absolutely minuscule, regardless of geography, time constraint, legality, expense, etc. Truly, the only types of laws that applied to someone like me were the laws of physics, and even then, new discoveries are being made every day. Needless to say, I was at a disadvantage because I couldn't even envision a want, much less a need. What did regular people need or want these days? What was regular? Did they really need psychic vampire repellent spray retailing everywhere Goop is sold for $27? Or is it possible that my personal experience with psychic vampires was more singular than I had previously imagined? Was it not a product for an authentic or relatable person? Were people still overspending on impulsive aspirational purchases to distract themselves from the climate crisis and class war that will ultimately spell death and destruction for us all if we continue to do nothing? Or was that now considered passé? How was my tiny middle-class mansion not inspiring me with a multitude of ideas right now? Deprivation was usually such a reliable muse. By now, I was definitely starting to panic, even though I was full from my breakfast IV, coffee, and ozone espresso booty hole shot, the combination of which usually was able to soothe even my most frayed nerves. I flashed my signature Buddhist smile of serenity at every Goop staff member I encountered, carefully managing my facial expressions until I arrived at my office, so that no one would suspect I was now officially stone-cold freaking out. I had nothing, and the meeting was starting in less than an hour. I jumped on the internet and immediately got to work. I googled the terms trendy, unexploited, indigenous tradition to see if that would turn up any new leads. But these days, those terms really only turned up results for already existing goop products. Having conquered the areas of health, beauty, and wellness products, I also had planted my goop flag firmly into fashion with my G-label fashion label, as well as home decor and food by launching a limited series of goop kitchen restaurants in Los Angeles. However, my desire for complete capitalist domination had made me my own worst enemy. At this point, I had already conceived and put on Goop shelves every possible wacky, esoteric, overpriced item that anyone could even begin to imagine. I had even run out of ideas for vaginal-based products, my signature move. There were only so many things that you could suggest someone stick inside themselves before people figured out that you were just suffering from a lack of imagination. The anxiety rising in my chest. I could feel my eyes searching my office for something, anything that I could use as inspiration for a vaginal insertion device that could save me just in time for this morning's all hands meeting. My hands drifted towards various items, considering each as my possible savior. The gold embossed stapler on my desk? Was the shiny finish smooth enough to facilitate an easy entry and exit? And how could I justify a need for insertion? Ooh, 
I had an idea. I could walk into the meeting holding this stapler here, raise it in the air, and confidently say, I've figured out an amazing use for putting this gorgeous yet functional piece of office equipment inside my vagine, and I want you all to guess what purpose that could be because it's going to be our new top-selling product. Loser gets fired. No, I thought sadly. I just remembered that I'd already tried that before with a letter opener, which led to a lot of confusion and polite silence for the rest of the meeting. And then I had to fire some loser. No, I had to go in there and improvise, something I absolutely hate. I even script my pillow talk with my husband to ensure that it is respectful and that both of our physical and verbal needs are being met. Honest outbursts give me indigestion. I looked at my cell phone. The meeting was scheduled to start in less than two minutes. I realized that I would have to start making my way down the hallway towards the conference room where the entire staff of Goop would be waiting for me to reveal the giant, fantastic, new idea I've been promising everyone for months. I could feel the perspiration gather on the sides of my cheeks, one of the few places where I haven't received Botox injections to prevent wrinkles, tears, and perspiration. With cheeks all a sweat, I decided it was time. I stood up in my chair, armed myself with my cell phone and a notepad full of meaningless doodles before stepping out into the hallway. I saw the faces of the cheerful Goop employees gather behind me as if I were the Pied Piper, leading them into the conference room where I was unsure what would happen next. Inside the room, I took my seat at the head of the table on my pink Himalayan sea salt throne. Available where all Goop products are sold, but be advised it is a top tier item with limited availability. The glass walls of the conference room ensured that even those outside would have a fishbowl view of all that was taking place inside. There literally would be no walls behind which I could hide. Everyone would have a full view of my failure, of my shame. For a moment, I weakly considered pitching the conference room speakerphone as an in-utero mobile communication device before I sighed, giving up silently. I looked up to see the entire room affixed on me, waiting for me to deliver my big speech to reveal my magical new invention. Instead, I opened my mouth to speak, but before I could, I saw my assistant, Chanterelle, waving frantically to get my attention from the hallway. I take it back. Thank God for glass walls. I smiled my signature warm smile at my Goop employees and said, Excuse me, everyone. I see that Chanterelle needs to speak with me. Please allow me to step outside to chat with her for a moment before we begin the meeting. Please, please, please let this talk with Chanterelle derail this meeting or at least my part of it. If I could just figure out a way to buy myself some more time, I could probably comb through some old National Geographic magazines and find some practice from some random ancient people nobody cared about that I could appropriate in time for the rescheduled meeting. Stepping outside of the conference room, I looked to Chanterelle expectantly as she pulled me aside. Yes, what is it? I asked her, hoping this would take long. She looked nervous. It's that guy from Utah, from the skiing accident.
Terry Sanderson. My stomach grew cold. The initial saved by the bell feeling that overwhelmed me as soon as I caught sight of Chanterelle faded quickly, and I was soon awash with cold, heavy anger. What about him? I asked. Chanterelle looked positively terrified at this point. She said quietly, He said he's not dropping the suit, and it's going to be televised. What? I roared. The entirety of the Goop staff turned toward me, even though the door to the conference room was closed. I quickly flashed them my warm signature smile again before giving them all a reassuring wave. Then I turned my back to them, squarely facing Chanterelle. Maintaining my signature neutral resting face, I told her, please let them know that I have been hit with an unexpected personal issue. Actually, say personal challenge. That sounds better. And also, tell them that I will be working from my bedroom for the rest of the day. Chanterelle nodded meekly before scurrying nervously into the all-hands meeting as I turned and strode down the hall, my brain ablaze with angry thoughts. A lawsuit over a skiing accident at a ski resort in Park City, Utah? I couldn't believe that Terry was willing to air our dirty laundry in front of middle class and poor people. Is that offensive to say, I can't keep up with PC terminology, cancel me, fine. This public civil lawsuit about my skiing accident from 2016 was going to be a huge pain in my wayfish hiney. I was Gwyneth Palcho, for goodness sakes. Who did he think he was suing me? I was going to show him. I'm going to countersue him for a dollar plus legal fees. That would be really passive aggressive and oh, so satisfying. Ugh, who am I kidding? I was so sick and tired of being passive aggressive. I wondered what it would feel like to be openly aggressive, openly hostile. All of my acts of violence were much more nuanced and hidden, trickle down or secondhand abuse as it were. Supporting a mayoral candidate for Los Angeles running as a Democrat, even though he has very clear ties to the disgraced former Sunset Face president, that was more my style. I knew Rick Caruso's solution for the unhoused was much more aligned with my dark and disturbed tastes than that of his opponent, even though she, well, she's got promise. But I preferred to be cunning and secretive like one of those new LAPD police robot dogs everybody's talking about, funded privately by the Los Angeles Police Foundation. Just then, I heard what I thought was a loud clash of thunder. I looked out the windows of my bedroom to see, in fact, rain had started to come down in sheets over my sprawling backyard. At least my home renovations hadn't made my beloved backyard any smaller. Thinking about those renovations made me even angrier. I'd be willing to bet that my household staff didn't even appreciate all the money I spent to build those halls for them. Halls that included my real estate, my property. It was one thing over which I felt like I truly had control. Knowing that there were unseen people serving me, Living in my walls brought me a sense of peace like nothing else could. 
Even if everything else was spinning, I knew I could count on my privilege to relieve me of feelings of insecurity and low self-worth. Miss Gwyneth, do you have a moment? I looked up to see Belinda standing in the bedroom doorway. Belinda, I said I'd talk with you before dinner. The look she gave me in response was one of confusion. But it is almost dinner time. That's why I came to get you. I looked at my vintage Rolex from Bob's watches, available as a collaboration with Goob, to realize that, in fact, she was right. Somehow, I had been brewing and stewing over this stupid ski accident situation for hours, and I hadn't spent any of that time brainstorming a new product in time for the rescheduled all-hands meeting, whenever that was going to be. My entire day was wasted, stolen from me by someone, but I couldn't say exactly by whom. Terry Sanderson? My goop staff? Awaiting my words of wisdom? My fans and followers who were hungry for my next purchasing instructions? I knew there was someone besides myself who needed to hurt over this. I felt a sigh coming on, but I stoically held it in long enough to say, of course, if you don't mind, I just want to wash the day off my face first. Let's chat in the bathroom. Belinda nodded and followed me as we both descended into my escape from the real world, my subterranean bathroom chambers, my happiest of places. Belinda turned away as I undressed before handing me my silk goop robe, another fun theft from the G-Label warehouse. I put on the robe and prepared to wash my face. Belinda cleared her throat and started to speak as I turned on the water. Miss Gwyneth, she said, I just want to say, first and foremost, just what an amazing employer you've been. I'm so grateful for everything and have truly been made to feel like a part of the family. But I have to tell you that I think it's time for me to put in my two weeks notice. Again. The cold anger washed over me, emanating from my stomach like a white flame. Why? I asked, unable to conceal my feelings of abandonment. Reacting with concern, Belinda added quickly, It's nothing personal. You've been a wonderful boss, but, and I'm hoping that you'll appreciate and be flattered by this, the years I spent watching you build up your wellness brand from the ground up really did inspire me. Curious, but unable to muster up the energy to truly care, I asked, I did? How so? Belinda smiled in the dim, highly flattering bathroom lighting, her dewy skin driving me crazy. I'm starting my own business. A sharp pain ripped through my body, lighting my nerves on fire. A few of my friends of mine are also housekeepers, and we decided to go into business together, like a collective. That way, nobody's working for anyone but themselves. By this point, the lava of anger, resentment, bitterness, and frustration from the day had reached a boil. In this moment, I could think of nothing but the dark feeling of rejection and disappointment that clouded my brain. Every thought was telling me, your life is starting to spin out of control. You need to regain control over this woman, or all will be lost. Belinda's hopeful smile disgusted me. How dare she have hopes and dreams of her own? I guess not seeing my help staff daily was desensitizing them to my needs. These tunnels had been an even bigger mistake than I realized. Without thinking, I grabbed Belinda by the arm and said, No, you're never leaving me. 
Suddenly, Belinda stepped back from me, an alarmed look on her face. Hey, she said, there's no need to be upset. Technically, I can still clean your home. You would just have to deal with me like a business instead of as an employee. Like an equal, I thought. This was the final straw for my delicate psyche. Without thinking, I slapped her across the face. Her look of shock lasted for a moment. Instincts took over and I shoved her hard before she could process what was happening. Belinda's body flew backwards, her head knocking into a tasteful marble column with a sickening smack. I watched as she slumped to the ground. Oops, I said quietly to myself as I tiptoed closer to her to see her eyes closed while she lie lifeless on the ground like a pile of hastily tossed clean laundry. Oh, Gwyneth, it really does sound like you killed her. But I don't think that I did. Hmm, you shoved Belinda, knocked her out cold with a head injury, and that didn't kill her? Even though I'm you, I'm finding that hard to believe. Listen, so am I, except that I am now remembering that immediately after shoving her and knocking her out, I heard a sound over the mansion loudspeakers saying, Miss Gwyneth, Please report to the dining chambers, as dinner has now been served. Oh, girl. This doesn't look good for you. No, it really doesn't. It doesn't look good for Belinda, either. I pressed the button on the speaker and said, in as calm and normal of a voice as I could manage, Thank you. I'll be upstairs shortly. Shit. What now? I mean, that woman's dead. 